Resonate is a community that loves like Jesus, and we want you to experience that with us together. I want to encourage you to tune in to this online broadcast each and every week or attend our weekly gathering in Sherwood at 10 a.m. You also can join one of our community groups that meet during the week either here at the church building or in homes. So to find out more about our community or give to our ministry financially, please visit our website at resonatelife.org. Today's title of this sermon is A Priest and a Physicist Walk Into a Bar. And we're starting a new series today over the next handful of weeks that we're going to talk about how religion and science can coexist in the same room. I think that title is kind of cool because I love science and I'm not going to, now I'm not going to claim ever that I'm a scientist, but I love science. I love to read about it. I love to wonder about it. And there's some cool things that have happened just in my lifetime, the advance of our knowledge and scientific principles. Science is all about discovery of the unknown and finding proofs to the known. I mean, how cool is that? And then once something is discovered new, then we find proofs to those unknowns, and it just builds and builds and builds. Well, I truly believe that science and theology are complementary. Now, I know that there's points of tension that, that even I have between theology and science, and we need to wrestle through those. But that's good. We need to take a deeper dive and discover more answers. But ultimately, I am settled, and I, I wish you to be settled as well, that science and religion can be complementary. Now, I'm a minority in saying that, and I know that I'm in minority, and it's a tough road in the Christian world to say that the two are complementary, because many Christians believe that science and religion contradict one another. And there's an assumption, really, in culture that faith and science are at war with one another. So science is about being rational and basing your conclusion on evidence. And faith is about being irrational and basing your conclusions on an invisible authority. That's what most people in the world believe. It is a stigma, though, that drives people from the church. And the world does not take Christianity seriously because of our views of science. And that's, that is very pertinent today in a very real discussion. And we need to have it. So 59% of Americans believe science often conflicts with religious faith. 38% of Americans believe science mostly contradicts with religious faith. 97% of professional scientists believe humans evolved. 24% of American evangelicals believe humans evolved. So 76% of evangelicals vocally reject a fundamental scientific principle, and this basically gives the reason why Christianity is deemed unintellectual. So 59% of young Christians end up abandoning their faith, and the number three reason why is there is a perceived conflict with science, logic, and, and reasoning. So basically, the world believes that if you're going, to, you're going to be a believer in Jesus, you have to check your brain at the door. And that is a common thing that is said in my circles, especially the circles that I've had in my life of 
people that are scientists or evolutionists, they believe that if I became, and when I became a believer, I just basically checked my brain at the door. So the respect for science, though, is ever increasing. There is lots of respect for science, and the more advanced we become, and the, and and basically the the more we discover, people respect science, and the groups that reject science are being more and more rejected. And you see that today, and let's say like with the vaccine and how major sectors of Christianity are rejecting the science of the COVID RNA vaccine. So basically, there's an assumption that Christians are too stupid to have reason. I think that we need to change that reputation. I believe we can change that reputation. And it comes down to this answering this question of does science and religion or Christianity, can they coexist? Are they complementary? And answering to that question, yes. In my early Christianity, I found myself in a conundrum because I was involved with groups of people that if you did not, and I, and I still, I still encounter this even today, that if you did not believe that the first chapter of Genesis was a, if you didn't believe it was a literal historical account of creation, then you believe the entire Bible was a book of lies. I remember one of my first arguments about science and religion. I was discounted completely from the religious side of things because I have a degree in biology with an emphasis in natural history. So that's a blessing, yes, but it creates problems in fundamental conversations with fundamentalist groups trying to have a science conversation with them. So I love being a Christian. I love waking up every day with purpose. I love waking up every day with community, every day with prayer, every day with scripture. Every day I feel and perceive there is something bigger at play in the cosmos than just me and my little world. But I don't like being a Christian because of what we have done with science, social justice, judgment, and war. Some of the things in those topics we have engaged in, I would, I would just blatantly call out as sin. And I don't like being a Christian many times because of those discussions and what we've done with those ideas and those topics. You would think that we would do work on the assumptions that Christianity is irrational. But in essence, we're moving backwards, and we, we're proving to the world that Christianity is an irrational thinking and an irrational lifestyle. Matthew 22, verse 37 says this. He replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your minds. There's no getting around in that greatest command, loving God with all your heart, your being, and your mind. The mind thinks. And we were meant to use our mind. We were meant to think. Your mind is a machine that does not stop. And, and you can prove that if you try to stop thinking, you won't be able to stop. So we worship God with our mind. In Acts 1.3, it says, after his suffering, he showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, speaking to them about God's kingdom with many convincing proofs. In 1 Peter 
That's the intellectual side of things. 1 Peter 3.15 then talks about the defense of things. Instead, regard Christ the Lord as holy in your hearts. Whenever anyone asks you to speak of your hope, be ready to defend it, to defend it. That word defend in the original language is the apologia. This is the defense attorney idea, gathering evidence from all the disciplines all across the board, bringing them to the judgment where, where they will declare basically and using reason to defend the person of Jesus, declaring whether that is true or not. You need lots of defense. You need apologia. So the Bible is a rational book and assumes that people are rational people. That's maybe a bad assumption. But the Bible is a rational book, and it assumes that we're going to look at the Bible, look at nature, look at the world, look at people with rational ideas and rational thinking. Well, when we don't come to the Bible and come to life, nature, and society with rational thinking, when we're irrational about things, or we just declare that Christianity is an irrational idea, this is fetism. Fetism is the school of thought that says religious belief has to come from faith alone. Now that sounds good. It sounds like a good idea and a principle, but fetism tells us that rational thought and evidence kills the signature ideas of religion, like wonder and mystery. So the philosopher Kierkegaard said that the fantastic thing about belief in God is the notion that it is entirely irrational. You can't do it with your brain. So the only way to know the truth is when we surrender reason to get the truth. Well, that's not true. What is true is reasoning can point you in the direction of truth and lead you to the truth. But truth doesn't go beyond reasoning. There's a jump that, that one must make, and I get that. That jump never, though. That jump that you have to take to get to ultimately the truth beyond reason, right? That act never counteracts reasoning. So fetism is not biblical. But Martin Luther bought into it. M many modern evangelicals have bought into this. But there is no evidence that the revelation from God in Christ is an absurd thought or an irrational belief. But if you believe that it's absurd, then why not? Why stop with God becoming human in the flesh, Jesus, right? Why not just make more absurd proclamations? Well, people have. And that's just anti-biblical, and it's anti-missional as well. It's telling the world that Christians basically are unintellectual. So some people actually believe in the absurdity to the point that just because human beings believe the Word of God makes the Word of God true and absolute. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but honestly, if the Word of God is the Word of God based on the fact that I believe the Word of God is the Word of God, I don't necessarily need to put my faith in that. That's a circular argument. The right thing to believe is proven because I believe it, therefore it is the right thing to believe? That's just crazy talk. But a gentleman by the name of Karl Barth, a, an incredibly important and also popular theologian, believed this. Well, the Bible teaches, especially in 1 Peter, we are supposed to give an apologia, the defense to why we believe what we believe. So why you believe what you believe 
isn't a, if it's not a rational consideration, then why do you believe what you believe? If you haven't arrived to your beliefs through rational thinking and using your mind, then it seems like that it's kind of an inherited belief. Well, I believe it because this other person just told me it was true, or I believe it because my mom and dad believed it, or I believed it because it was just a good idea and I just adopted it. Well, it doesn't seem like a rock I can put on down as my foundation. I can't roll the dice and come to an eternal, secure belief based on that kind of chance or just some kind of guess. My faith has to be stronger than that. And if truth is the goal, then I must examine and think, use my mind, and consider all options. It's the only way to arrive at the conclusions that I need for faith. And we have to use our brain. And that is a biblical position. And there is a plethora of evidence of how the world works and humans exist and how we need to respond. And I really think that the Christian community needs to act in a way according to intelligence and conclusions based on facts and evidence. I'm just going to take a moment here to encourage every single person that is, that is listening right now. I know that you've heard lots of ideas and I'll call myths and opinions about the COVID, uh, the COVID vaccine mRNA, especially that vaccine. There is intelligence, evidence, and conclusions based on facts that tell us that the mRNA vaccine is a completely safe vaccine and is what is going to mitigate COVID-19 and put this to an end or at least hold it at bay. There is enough intelligence, conclusions based on facts and evidence to tell me that that vaccine is probably safer than many things that I put in my body. And so to just make up things around the science and medicine of this vaccine makes us as Christian people, listen to me now, it makes us look like so unintelligent, stupid in our decisions, and, and there is now blame being put on Christian communities for spreading the virus. I don't want to be in that position and that reputation and to hold that reputation. So I want to encourage us to think about it to pray about it, and to go get that vaccine. There is enough evidence, and it's strong evidence, to say that it is completely safe and will help us mitigate this problem and this pandemic. So if you were stuck in a forest with a forest fire and had three pathways to choose from to escape, you need to base your decision on evidence and facts. You need to look at the stream, downstream, east, west, north, south. You don't just look at your friend Jimmy, your buddy, and believe everything Jimmy says. You don't listen to someone irresponsible in order to get out of a burning forest. Or maybe you're just standing there in a group and you don't want to make a decision at all. Okay, you're not making a decision at all. But we need to use evidence and facts to lead us out on the right pathway. So the only option is to find out the truth. By, the only option to find out the truth is to ask questions to build evidence towards one pathway or another. Yet here is the truth that we find ourselves in. 
There is no pathway out of a burning forest without faith. And at some point, you're going to have to use faith to walk down the path. And faith is not something that, that just religious people have. Faith applies to all reality and all truth. So if you are a rational person, then you are a person of faith. Everyone has to act on some things that are not completely certain, but they believe are true, and they act in a sense of faith. And what's interesting to me is we do, what we do with religion is what everyone else does with everything else. It takes faith to drive a car. It takes faith to walk across the street. It takes faith to take vitamins. It takes faith to go to your doctor. It takes faith to go get the vaccine. It takes faith to believe and trust in anything outside of ourselves. And I would even question if it takes faith for everything inside of ourselves as well. And the Bible teaches that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And in order to have confidence in things, we need to build a bank of evidence that leads us to that pathway. We need to listen to the right people, and we need to listen to the research. I, I love it when people say, well, I've done my research. No, you haven't done your research. You've read someone else's research. You don't have the controls, and you don't have really, the lab and such to do your own research. Googling things and, and looking and searching for things by putting words in a search bar and reading articles by other people is not doing research. You're reading someone else's research. And you can read the wrong research. There's a lot of misinformation about a lot of things out there. We need to listen to the right people, the most intellectual people, and the people that are actually involved in the science of the topic that we are discussing. Well, Coper Copernicus was the first to say that instead of revolving around the earth, the planets revolved around the sun, and that the earth was not the center of the universe, but a planet of many planets. And so he was the first to declare that what the church thought about this was wrong. So the church, of course, was angry. And that set in motion the first war of religion and science. Yet Galileo had the thought that, and he was the first one to say, the story of nature was just expanding. It didn't discount the story of God. Nature just expanded and increased in scope and knowledge and wisdom. And there lies the answer. Science does not have to be in contradiction to, re to religion at all. It's complementary. And as we learn science and as science grows, it's just increasing the scope of our knowledge about nature. And so the truth of the Bible will correspond to the truth of nature if we understand it correctly. So when there is a conflict, we don't need to reject everything. We don't even need to reject that principle. We need to be open-minded and completely humble that there is a deeper truth that needs to be understood. So why do you believe what you believe? That really is the question. Are you ready to give an apologia? the defense of why you believe what you believe as it relates to science and nature. Hang with me for the next handful of weeks, and we're going to answer some of those questions together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just the wonder and the mystery of the world and nature around us. Thank you that you've given us this beautiful painted canvas, Lord of creation. Lord, as we discover how Christianity and science can live together, Lord, just help us to 
work through our conflicts and our tensions. Lord, coming to a deeper understanding. And ultimately, Lord, we know that you created it all and we're thankful for, for you being our creator. Thank you. We are blessed because of that. So Lord, as we walk down this discovery path, Lord, help it to grow our faith stronger and stronger. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.